0: you can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author and intuitive Geraldine Tegelove gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life.
1: Well, hello and welcome everyone to another Geraldine Tegelov live radio show. And yes, I'm Geraldine coming to you live from my office in Australia And what a sensational day that it is. It's been a a very busy but wonderful week here in our little part of the world. Uh, Spring has arrived. Oh, we also looked forward to spring this year. We had a pretty cold winter and now, uh, you know, my walks are taking me so much longer because I have to stop and smell the blossoms and look at everything that's happening. It's just a fabulous time of the year. Now, I know in your part of the world, you might be just coming into fall or, um, you know, autumn, but here, no, it is spring, and spring is definitely in the air. (laughs) Okay, so today I'm looking forward to sharing with you lots of fabulous information to help you uh, rebuild your life for more happiness and success in whatever way that feels perfect for you. Yeah, I know that if I stepped out onto the street today and asked a million people what happiness and success meant for them, I know that I would get a million completely different answers because for each of us, there is a unique impression of happiness and success isn 't it simply amazing? <laughs> I just love that we can all create exactly our very own version of happiness and success. Woohoo <laughs> Just imagine how our how our whole planet uh, will beam and smile uh, with happiness when we all begin to do this. Something else I just love to ponder at times. Mm, yeah, I know. A little different I am. <laughs> the things that I contemplate, but hopefully in, in contemplating these things, it helps to lift the energy and vibration for anybody out there who's just trying to get the courage to live their truth. Last week we finished a fabulous series on metaphysics. And this week, we begin our sensational series on, ta da da alchemy. Mmm, this is definitely another of my very favorite subjects. I love to devour whatever I can find on the subject. And my beautiful husband, Bill, gave me a fantastic collection of original works of a number of ancient alchemists for my birthday. And I'm just loving it. Yeah, I know most women love to receive beautiful romantic gifts like flowers and perfume and, you know, everything else. But me, just give me a book on alchemy and I'm in heaven. (laughs) So what is alchemy? Well, simply put, alchemy is the art of transformation. This ancient art is still alive and well in today's world. And the teachings of the ancient alchemists is extremely relevant to any person wanting to see wonderful changes happen in their lives. Changes that sees them moving from living ordinary to living extraordinary. And the more I research and explore alchemy, the more I understand the great importance of these teachings. Over the next five weeks, we're going to be taking a much closer look at ancient alchemy and also, pardon me, the alchemy for the modern day world or for today's world. But uh, I guess what we all need to do is is look at alchemy as we becoming our very own alchemist in our lives to transform uh, whatever is around us currently to what we want it to be. And we can do that, and we can learn so much from the ancient alchemists. But before I get into this process, I'd love to give you a reading to all those who are listening. And remember, nothing ever happens by chance. If you are listening to this show, then the reading I give will have great significance for you in some area of your life. Right here and right now, so listen up, everyone. This is exciting. Now, the cards I've chosen as a focus for this week are from my uh, drum roll, please. da 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 da. da. <laughs> my brand new Alchemy for Now cards, and these cards are just about to go to print. I am just a tad excited. Yes, they've been quite a while in the making, but um, I, I, I'd have to say they're just looking a little bit fabulous. Yeah. And I can't wait to get the real thing in my hands. Uh, I've put some sample pics of these. or oh, I will put some on my show page. And uh, because the images help you to visualize the message, and as you 'll discover over the coming weeks that the images used in milk alchemy were used as a focus for meditation by the ancient alchemists and by alchemists today okay, so the images are very important. the more you discover about alchemy, the more you 'll love the powerful energy that these little cards hold. So you can, anytime you have a chance, you can whiz over and have a look uh, at Geraldine Tegelove live at these gorgeous little cards. But today I've chosen two cards for us. And the first card is the card of one mind, great spirit. Now, for each of cards in the little guidebook, you get a little bit about the history of alchemy or the ancient alchemist. Then you get a, a little guidance for you as an alchemist today in your life. And if you're wanting to transform your life, then yes, you're becoming an alchemist. And, and so that's how the cards read. So this is the first card, One Mind Great Spirit. Throughout the history of our beautiful planet Earth, the one mind has been given so many different names, depending on cultural and spiritual beliefs, like Great Spirit, God, Buddha, Yahweh, Brahman, Divine Mind, Allah, just to name a few. And all of these names represent the all-powerful mind that exists in all things throughout the cosmos. The ancient alchemist depicted the one mind as a huge sun encompassing the whole of the universe, or the symbol was a circle with a dot in the center. The alchemist's ultimate goal was to become one with or create unity <clears throat> with this one mind, and it was through a study of the seven processes or steps found written on the Emerald Tablet that the alchemist sought to achieve this amazing card has popped into your hand today to bring you an incredible message you are now ready to understand and capture the deeper meaning of the gentle loving yet powerful force that lies deep within you the one mind is in every breath that you breathe every heartbeat you feel and every thought that you think It is the mind that has created your very own unique gifts and talents and wants nothing more than to see you uh, succeed in everything that you do. How do you connect to the one mind? Well, very simple, really. Just choose to be happy, uh, regardless of whatever may be occurring in your life, and you will see magical results appear. What a beautiful reading of the card, One Mind, Great Spirit, and how exciting is that? Now, I'm afraid I've been talking a little bit this morning, and we are going to go to break. So what I think I'll do, I'm going to leave the second card till uh, after we have our little break here. And it is, you will love it. It's the card of fermentation. What does that mean? <laughs> well, it's the card all about becoming a co-creator. So, uh, this is a very exciting reading too, and really good for anybody listening today. So after the break, let's have our second card reading. Yes. Can't wait to share it with you. It is fabulous. Woohoo.
0: Best-selling author, musician, and life coach, Geraldine Teglov will return after this short break. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
2: A hundred years ago, only about 10% of adults were overweight. But today, an estimated 61% of Americans are overweight, yet we have the same genes as our ancestors. What's changed isn't our genes, but our lifestyle. Our lives have become more sedentary, and our daily activity level has decreased for the days of our past relatives. We have loads of unhealthy processed food and easily accessed fast food. Ultimately, your behavior determines the number on the scale. If you choose healthy, low-calorie food and exercise, you can lose weight or maintain your present weight. Choose the right behaviors and reap the rewards of a healthy lifestyle. Stay active, eat light, nutritious food, and watch your health increase as your weight decreases. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond.
0: Welcome back as Geraldine Tegelov continues to guide us through the three R's, the processes of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding a happy and successful life. Here is host and life coach, Dr. Geraldine Tegelov.
1: Well, yes, you are listening to Geraldine on Geraldine Tegelov Live, and today we are beginning the first in a series of shows on the ancient alchemy. Uh, When did alchemy begin? What is it exactly? Who were the amazing alchemists back then? What was their work and what wisdom do they have to share for us in a modern day world that is in desperate need of answers to so many issues that face each and every one of us on a daily basis, particularly in this new and wonderful golden age that we have just recently entered. Now, before the break, I promised I would give you the reading on the the second little card, which was Becoming a Co-Creator. Uh, The symbolism, and this is from the ancient alchemist, the symbolism for the process of fermentation is both beautiful and truly inspiring. As well as the astrological sign of Capricorn, the alchemists often used a yellow bird flying down from above into a rainbow-colored solution in the below to depict this part of the transformative process. In this fifth step of alchemical transformation, the ancient alchemist uh, would add, believe it or not, manure to the solution to help fermentation get underway. This enabled what the alchemist described as dead material to come to life again, moving and bubbling as it fermented. The rainbow-colored ocean symbolizes the colors that appear from out of the blackness, of the initial fermentation process, signaling, yes, that all was going well. This was also a time of deep meditation for the alchemist as he connected or she connected to the one mind and welcomed it into their lives. To the modern-day alchemist, this is a defining moment as a modern-day alchemist. This is the time you step from living purely As a physical being to inviting the great spirit and divine mind to enter the equation, you are now opening yourself to the idea that there is a higher power which can assist your journey in the most magical ways. If you have been experiencing what many describe as the dark night of the soul, it is time to become a co-creator and watch rainbows of color appear from beneath the dark waters of your despair and fear. Bigger and better outcomes are definitely headed your way, yes, and will appear in magical ways that bring a smile to your heart. Oh, what a beautiful reading to get today. Yes, I hope you've enjoyed both of those. So, back to alchemy. Why do I love alchemy? Well, many of the ideas or or principles etched on the Emerald Tablet are closely aligned with the philosophies of metaphysics. Alchemists were men and women searching for truth. They were on a mission to find that pure essence that lies within all things, that beautiful star of unique light that shines within all of us. Did they believe in God, spirit, divine mind? They certainly did and were on a constant mission to grow their relationship with the creator of all that is, has been, and will forever be. Now, as a metaphysician, I too am on a mission to find my own unique truth, who I am, how I fit within the weave of all things in this universe, how the universe operates and how I can grow my relationship with God or Great Spirit. How or many of these amazing men and women found answers to these questions and dared against all odds to live their unique truth. Now, before I start sharing my very limited knowledge and understanding of alchemy, I want to make it very clear to all of you who are listening that I'm certainly not an expert in the field. What I share with you today and over the following weeks is an extremely brief explanation of the world of alchemy and and how I see alchemy uh, happening in ancient times and how I see it happening in the world of today. But the focus of this week's show is ancient alchemy. I'm going to have a look at the history of alchemy, the ancient alchemists and who they were, the work of the alchemists, the emerald tablet and the secret truth of alchemy. So, let's get straight into it with a little on the the history of alchemy. As I explained earlier, alchemy is really all about um, alchemy is all about the art of transformation. Sorry about the phone ringing. I forgot to turn that off. It's all about transforming or changing something that is considered inferior into something far more pleasing to you and your world. This ancient tradition dates back 10,000 years when Toth, known as the father of alchemy and who is believed to be the very first alchemist, recorded uh, the wisdom of ancient visitors who came to our planet to share their teachings. He's also thought to have written the Book of the Dead. Toth's writings were then sealed in two great pillars, which are known by alchemists as the Pillars of Hermes. Legend tells that this occurred just before the Great Flood. Thousands of years later, the pillars were rediscovered, and the gigantic pillars were covered with hieroglyphics. Many hundreds of years after that, later, the study of these sacred writings um, took place in the ancient city of Alexandria, where they were translated, and from there, the art of alchemy spread across the world, (laughs) like wildfire, really, back then, along with many manuscripts in Toth's Pillars was what a beautiful green crystalline tablet known as the Emerald Tablet. Now, this is very, very important to the alchemist. This tablet, as Dennis William Hake describes in his fabulous book *Alchemy*, I, I strongly urge you to get this book. It's just fabulous. *Alchemy* carried a succinct summary of the Tothian writings and outlined a new philosophy. For the whole of the universe. It was inscribed with the seven principles or truths by which alchemists worked and lived. Now the emerald tablet and text were hidden from view until Alexander the Great became Pharaoh and decided to take them out of hiding and put them on public display. Fabulous idea. Very, very (laughs) grateful for Alexander the Great. Alexandria became the center of ancient alchemy. And alchemists from India and China and Babylonia and Persia and lots of other places came to study the scrolls and to learn and discuss the philosophy with other alchemists from everywhere. This not only strengthened alchemy, but also allowed it to be infused with the many other philosophies like Eastern philosophies. Now, the question as to how much of this was legend and how much really happened is not really known, but uh, some of modern day research says that Toth was actually a real person and maybe a survivor from Atlantis. that very ancient, ancient city, that lost city. Now, so that's just a little brief overview or history of alchemy. Um, Who were some of the ancient alchemists? Well, there were many. (laughs) But one that all books talk about is Hermes, often referred to as Thrice Greatest Hermes, or three times greatest Hermes, which is a name that signifies his mastery of all three levels of reality, you know, physical, spiritual, and mental, uh, all those planes and everything in between. He was referred to as a gentleman and a gentle teacher. Now, the staff of Hermes, uh, the Sadducees, is most often used to symbolized Hermes a symbol very much like the double helix of proteins that make up DNA and today the Hermes staff has become the logo of the medical profession surprise surprise the first of the great alchemists in Europe was a monk named Albertus Magnus and he lived between um, 1193 and 1280 A true genius, this man. He discovered many compounds, one of which was potassium. Then there was Roger Bacon, who built uh, early microscopes and telescopes and built an an observatory that was still standing centuries later. So pretty clever man, A a Franciscan monk, I should say, He was often in great trouble with the Catholic Church for his scientific writings, and his run-ins with the Church were fairly typical for many of the alchemists who dared to speak out against the Church and write about a philosophy that questioned many of its teachings. In the Middle Ages, many concealed their true writings within Christian terminology. Others stopped publishing their works and chose to go into hiding for fear of being burnt at the stake. Now, Paraclesis was one of the greatest alchemists of all time and is thought of as the founder of modern-day medicine. He actually began using chemicals in the treatment of diseases. Now, after the break, because we're going to break right now, we're going to have a look at the philosophy. Of ancient alchemists and this you'll be very interested in i'm sure it's, it's just great to know what they thought and how they worked and the philosophies within which they worked so do not go away straight after the break we will take a look at the philosophy of uh, ancient alchemists and how they lived so lots to share
0: Best-selling author, musician, and life coach, Geraldine Tegelov, will return after this short break.
2: Do you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to The Living Room, a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We're saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today.
0: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
2: Low-fat foods can be healthy or unhealthy, depending on what you choose to eat. Whole foods like vegetables, fruit, beans, rice, and potatoes are all low-fat and good for you. Processed low-fat foods are a different story. Eat This, Not That says that the term low-fat is synonymous with loaded with salt and cheap carbohydrates. Many times when the fat is taken out, It is replaced by unhealthy ingredients that are not good for you. The New England Journal of Medicine found that over a two-year span, people on low-carb diets lost 62% more body weight than those on low-fat diets. It's always important to keep your fats low while choosing good, healthy foods to eat. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond.
0: Welcome back as Geraldine Tegelov continues to guide us through the three R's, the processes of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding a happy and successful life. Here is host and life coach, Dr. Geraldine Tegelov.
1: Yes, you are listening to Geraldine on Geraldine Tegelov Live. And if you have just joined us, we are chatting about metaphysics, the fifth in a series of six shows. And attempting to help you understand what it is and how it can benefit your life. Now, if you'd like to listen to The Complete Show and heaps of others, (laughs) then you can download them for free from iTunes. Just go to iTunes and search Geraldine Tegelov Live under podcasts. Or you can come here to TogiNet, T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. And listen and download, or you can um, you can also go to my website at www.geraldinteglove that's spelled T E G G E L O V E dot com and click on the radio link in the menu, and they'll all be there for you, and you can download them uh, anytime and listen anytime that is convenient to you. Now, where was I at? Oh, my goodness, I get a bit excited about this. Yeah, I know, I'm a little strange, <laughs> loving uh, metaphysics and alchemy and all of these exciting things. Oh, I know, I was going to look at uh, or chat about the philosophy of the ancient alchemists and, um, these alchemists were forever seeking to find and reveal the divine light or the God energy or universal energy that is in and through everything many of their drawings depicted the philosophy described on the emerald tablet show um, it was it was often known as as above and so below these drawings displayed a a distinct separation between the physical realm of matter and the spiritual realm of the divine and to discover the mystery of, or they were on a mission to discover the mystery of traveling between the realms and infusing their lives with what we would describe as universal knowledge and law to find their truth and then living within this truth was what the ancient alchemist's described as the great work. Yeah. Now, much of their work was kept secret. Uh, their incredible ability to work, um, I guess, within universal patterns and create incredible transformations working in the mystical laws of nature was what they did. For many, their greatest desire was to discover the secret to creating The Philosopher's Stone. Now, you've all heard about the Philosopher's Stone. Many believed that this uh, was the elixir that perfected the human body and gave everlasting life. Many theologians or scholars of religion see this also as relating to such things as the foundation stone of the Kabbalah. Uh, the stone on which Jacob lay his head, and the Holy Grail. In the world of alchemy, the philosopher's stone was really the key to their success. They believed that it carried within it the life force which the alchemists called the quintessence. Any alchemist who possessed a philosopher's stone was able to transform ordinary metal into gold. They could prepare drinkable gold, which was a a cure-all for any disease, and could restore life to a plant or animal. Obviously, their greatest quest as an alchemist was to create this incredible philosopher's stone. Um, In fact, an alchemist uh, by the name of Nicholas Flamel did succeed in doing this, but then, uh, like quite a number of others did, but then destroyed it for fear of how other human beings would use its power. Would they understand its worth and its worthlessness? Big question. Big question for all of us to understand too, the worth and worthlessness of all things. The philosopher's stone was uh, red in color and really looked just like any other regular stone. It was made from a red pow with its primary ingredient being an element called karmot. Some stones were quite heavy, and yet others were extremely light. There were supposedly a number of alchemists who were successful in the quest of creating a philosopher's stone. Probably one of the, uh, what would we say, the most credible reports was um a man named albertus magnus who was said to have transformed ordinary metal into gold and just before he died he passed his magical stone onto thomas aquinas who also successfully made a number of transmutations an interesting note that alchemists who finally discovered the way to creating the philosopher's stone Often then chose to either give it away, or give away, not eat away, but give away the gold that was produced from it, or destroy the stone before it could be used in negative ways. Mm. So, very interesting. Now, let's step inside to the ancient alchemist laboratory. It was very interesting to say the least, and it spoke volumes of what they saw as important in the alchemical process. It was a very private room, and only those that the alchemists knew well were allowed to enter. Why? Mm. Well, they had to be sure that anyone who visited had a very positive view on life, uh, as they believed that those carrying negative energy could bring negative outcomes to their processes and their experiments. Hmm, Very interesting. Of course, there was an area for working with chemicals and within this stood a large furnace as high heat was constantly needed to create many of their transformations or transmutations. Quite often, there was a furnace outside too because of the uh, terrible smelling fumes that were created during the experiments. Within their laboratory... The alchemist also had um, a curtained-off area that was used as a place for meditation. Meditation was so, so, so important in the life of the alchemist um, because much of their time was spent in meditating on what was etched on the emerald tablet or on the ciphers. Remember, I said those little symbols which were believed to carry very potent energies. Uh, The alchemists also understood that they themselves had to go through a rigorous process of personal and spiritual transformation before they would be successful in the laboratory. I mean, so many uh, alchemists tried to, you know, create gold without going through this process and, of course, failed every time. Many hours were spent in growing their own understanding of the workings of what they called one mind and of first matter. These terms uh, will be explained as I uncover more about the world of alchemy over the next few weeks but yes, they were just, um, so, uh, tuned in to knowing that meditation, um, helped them to open their minds to, uh, to God and uh, to universal energy and allow ideas and uh, wonderful creative thoughts and things to flow through them in amazing ways. So uh, meditation was done for hours on end in this little section of their laboratory. I guess a little message to us in this, isn't it? That meditation is so important in everyday life today to uh, open up the channels of communication between um, universal energy and ourselves. Okay, the secret truth of alchemy. What was the secret truth? Well, it was very simple, really. Unless a person is willing to go through a process of inner transformation, then outer success will be a long time appearing or it will come for a little while and then disappear again. If we want long-term, ongoing success, then the process of inner transformation is essential. Only those alchemists who understood this basic principle were able to perform their feats of what seemed magic. They understood clearly that the uh, consciousness of the alchemist influenced influenced I should say the outcome of the experiment that or experiments that they were working on working at the spiritual level as well as the physical the alchemist was able to connect with the essence of energy and light Uh, these essences that were held within the metals and chemicals or plants that they were working with. They were able to create a unique blend of both science and spirit. So different compared to our chemists of today who work purely with physical chemicals. Carl Jung is often referred to as the father of modern-day alchemy. He went to great lengths to study the ancient art and apply it to mental alchemy. It was through intensive study that uh, Jung saw the connection between the transformation process within alchemy and the transformation from, um, how would we say it, a distorted personality to a completely integrated one. Now, the Harry Potter books by J.K. Rowling's actually um, takes the reader through the three phases of alchemy, the black, the white, and the red phases. It takes a little knowledge of the subject to follow this through the series, and uh, I'll I promise I'll share more about this when we look at the three phases of alchemy in greater detail over the next or over the next few weeks. But if you're a fan of the Harry Potter books, then mm, maybe you might learn a few things about these books that you haven't known before or you didn't realize before. And you might go back and read them again with a whole new perspective. (laughs) That would be fun. I often watch the movies with our grandkids and it's fun to see it from uh, an alchemist's point of view. But anyway, after the break, we'll have a little more on alchemy and a beautiful meditation also to take part in.
0: Best-selling author, musician and life coach, Geraldine Teglov will return after this short break.
1: man thought it would
2: be a good idea to parachute into the city's annual rodeo, the Calvary Stampede, in order to advertise a cleaning products company. After purchasing a parachute, the only problem was how to get airborne in order to make the jump, so he bought a lawn chair and attached over 100 helium party balloons to provide the lift. Simple, right? Apparently, he doesn't have hypsophobia. That's the fear of heights. He also carried a dart gun to shoot a few balloons in case he started floating too high.
1: Unfortunately, he ended up more than a mile off course and had to jump in a
2: field instead, where police were waiting and arrested him for mischief. At least he proved himself an altitudinarian. That's a person who aspires to great heights. It's
3: you never heard.
2: I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas.
0: If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on tokenet.com. Power. For more information on The Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's The Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Tokenhead.com. Welcome back as Geraldine Tegelov continues to guide us through the three R's, the processes of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding a happy and successful life. Here is host and life coach, Dr. Geraldine Tegelov
1: Woohoo! We are back and you are listening to Geraldine on Geraldine Tegelov Live Alchemy is a fascinating subject and one that is certainly worth a closer look and over the next few weeks you will be able to learn lots about the ancient art of alchemy and how it I guess uh, works in today's world um And please understand that what I've shared today is really just a tiny glimpse of the uh, ancient alchemy. Um, But, you know, as I said, if you're wanting to know more, then it'll be a great idea to tune in over the coming weeks um, as I help you understand how this ancient art can assist you to redefine and rebuild your life. But right now we're going to have a little time of meditation we're going to take a deep breath and consciously connect to the universe in a way that will have your dreams flying towards you in magical ways um, the meditation helps us to um, everything that we've heard so far today to settle into our unconscious minds and for it to take it on board so we can think about it, uh, you know, as the days pass. Our meditation for today is in the form of a song and the song is actually called Sunset, Sunrise. It's, um, and uh, how can I explain this? It's a, a reminder that we can say, goodbye to old paradigms or beliefs that are no longer serving us and begin fresh with the sunrise of each and every day. So this beautiful song has a great deal to do with modern-day alchemy, but I'll explain a little bit more about that after. So right now, let's have a listen to the song.
3: Ansets are so beautiful as they melt their way to earth, the firelights up the plains as they burn their way to rest. I love to watch the darkness crept in around me. The silence was so beautiful a million stars to see Why is the night so long and cold when there's so much on your mind The stars are so far out of reach Not one answer can you find I'd see it in me life. as
1: That was uh, the first song I actually wrote in my journey of songwriting. Uh, where we lived at that particular point in time uh, was the land was very flat, and uh, we had extremely hot summers, dusty summers. And as when the it came time for sunset, the colours in the sky were extraordinary the reds and the crimsons and the burnt oranges were uh, just amazing and when we were going through some pretty struggling times or challenging times I often would take myself to the river that bounded one side of our property and I would sit and just watch the sunset. Um, uh, yes, never went and watched the sunrise. No, it was always the sunset. I don't, it just seemed to call to me. And then one day in within this struggling time, I realized what I was doing and thought, hang on a minute. Maybe it's time to turn around and look at the sun rise. Maybe it's time to um, allow all the old perceptions and struggles and beliefs that i would had for so many years. Maybe I can just let them burn as the sun burnt into the earth at sunset. And maybe tomorrow I can come and sit by the river and watch the sun rise and see the water sparkling in its light, which is exactly what I did actually. And it taught me so much. Now, why am I telling you this? Because the first, um, process in alchemy is to actually burn off any of the, oh, the, the elements of a metal or a plant or whatever that were not needed, that were excess or were going to hold up the process of finding that beautiful inner essence of all things. And so the alchemists, when it came to metals, put uh, metals under extreme heat to burn off what what wasn't needed within that process. And a beautiful metaphor for our lives that sometimes we need to step back and look at our lives and go, well, what do we need to burn out of our lives? Metaphorically speaking, please. (laughs) We don't have to light a fire under ourselves, no. But metaphorically, what do we need to let go of and release and uh, leave behind so that we can open the way to A much lighter, more beautiful energy and allow things to come into our lives. And by doing that, we begin to recognize that quintessence that lies within each and every single one of us. We all have that beautiful star or light that shines within us. And sometimes that gets covered over. But we need to go back and really search to find that pure essence of who we are. And when we do it, oh my goodness, amazing things begin to happen in our lives. So that was a long way of telling you why today I wanted you to have sunset, sunrise as the meditation So I hope you've enjoyed that and come back and listen to it. Oh, but my goodness, it's time to finish the show. And please visit me here at TogiNet or on my show page, Geraldine Tegelove Live, for recording. Or you can go to GeraldineTegelove.com. But in the meantime, I want to wish you all a million blessings of happiness, love, and peace to all. And yes, bye for now.